0: This is the Laravel News Podcast, your one-stop podcast to find out about Laravel-related news, tutorials, packages, and more. Here are your hosts, Jake Bennett and Michael Durenda.
1: You would have thought I would have gotten that one wrong, but I didn't. Because you went three, two, two and a half, one, two record and I still nailed it right on the dot. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 137. Thanks for coming and hanging out with us. We've got a lot of stuff going on. It's like once the new Laravel News website was launched that everybody decided they wanted to write an article and so we've got a lot of good stuff here. Got a lot of release information, some news, some packages, some tutorials, a little bit of everything and want to also start our show off by thanking our uh, sponsor. Scout APM. So Scout APM is an application performance monitoring tool for your PHP applications. We'll be talking a little bit about that later in the show. Mr. Dorinda, how's it going, my friend? I'm going well. I'm going well. Uh, We went
0: out to to have lunch with my grandma today. Nice, um, nice. I've uh, not seen Eli eat as much as he has eaten today ever. And he just gave him, (laughs) I was just saying to you before the show, it gave him so much energy. Oh my word. And he was just he he was he was eating he ate he had some hot chips he had some chicken nuggets he was eating rice stir fry like chicken stir fry noodles he was eating garlic bread just and he finishing was... finishing off
1: everybody's leftovers just like just eating everything just
0: them. and 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 then just running laps around the table so <laughs> and then he's refused a nap oh, so we're gonna have awesome. to get through this episode because I'm gonna have to go okay. and help out my poor All wife right. before. He drives her insane.
1: <laughs> we'll keep this one tight. Hey, I wanted to clarify for our American audience: uh, hot chips are those French fries in American? In- English cheese. F- what do we call them? What are fries, hot chips?
0: Yeah, you would call them fries. So, fries are fries because they're like thin cut, whereas yeah, sure. chips yep. are thicker. Okay,
1: gotcha. Yes, like potato wedges. actually, yeah,
0: yeah, we're not quite, not quite that thick, not quite that thick. Okay, there's, so it's in between. There's a medium. There's a medium of of fried potato baton that is between the French fry and the potato wedge that is okay. like a hot chip.
1: Okay, fair enough. Hey, you know, did Just you see to confuse Eric? Things, yeah. <laughs> Eric Barnes Eric said something. He said the like Belgian the French fries. have the fries and the whatever, and the Belgian dudes were like, um, "Sir, do you need me to come to America and kick your butt?" Like the Belgians are the fry people. So, mm-hmm. I uh, I gotta get me some Belgian fries, man. A, next time we're in Belgium, yep. let's me go hang out in Belgium for some Laravel stuff or something. We'll have to mm-hmm, grab mm-hmm. some chips, grab some hot chips, some fries, whatever. So anyway, hey, absolutely, let's, let's jump into it here. So we've got uh, eight point two seven. So with our releases here, got a little bit of a difference. Uh, we're kind of focusing on the um, features that each release kind of brought along with it, rather than just all of the notes that go along with the release. So with eight point two seven, we have adding multiple columns after a column in migrations. So if you have a database migration that's already been had, it's already been run, and you now want to add a new column, a lot of times you will follow this convention where like you have all your IDs and your relationships at the beginning of the table, and you have all of your timestamps at the end of the table. And if you just add a new column, it's going to go ahead and go to the end of the table. Well, that's no bueno if you want to have like all your timestamps at the end. So What you can use, you can use this after string, which is great, except for if you're going to add multiple columns and you want them in a specific order, what you always had to do previously was you'd had to add them in like reverse order. So if you wanted to say like you have a name and you wanted to add full name and address, right? And you want to, so in, in your database, you want the columns to be name, full name, or let's say first name, full name, address. You want to add full name and address. Okay. What you used to have to do is you'd have to say after name, add address, and then after name, add full name. And then it would go full name and then address. So you'd have to add them in reverse. Well, now you no longer have to do that. You have table after the column that you wanted to come after. And then you have a closure, which you then can then put them in the correct order. And it will automatically do that for you. It'll kind of automatically do that reversal mm-hmm. for you. So you don't have to do this sort of like mental jujitsu to figure out how in the world you need mm-hmm. to order those things. So that's pretty awesome. And uh, I'm not exactly who, sure who put that in. I think it might have been Muhammad. Muhammad talked about it in any case uh, mm. on Twitter. He, he put it yeah, in. Yeah, Muhammad, so,
0: Muhammad put it together.
1: Yeah, yes. Yeah. So that's 8.27. So uh, thanks, Muhammad. That's a good one. Appreciate it. And we will definitely be using that. All right. What else we got?
0: Uh, the next up, the release of Laravel 8.28. Taylor contributed two new custom cast types. The first one is as array object, and the second is as collection. Array object has some advantages over the existing cast for JSON and array data. The pull request description has excellent details to get up to speed with what these casts bring to Laravel 8. So you may be familiar that if you def- declare a casts property in your model, you can, you can define an array of key to value. So the key being the field in your database and the value being the cast that you want to do. So you might use this to cast a number, a numeric field in your database to an integer in PHP, which makes doing comparison between things like ID columns easier. Or you could have Boolean, so you would cast Boolean so that it actually returns a true or false as opposed to a zero or one and things like that. So you can store an array in your database and then Laravel will handle casting that to JSON when you save to your database record and returning it as an array, as a plain PHP array when you retrieve that. This does have some downsides. For example, um, if you were to try and set the value of a nested key in that array, it would um, not actually work. You would have to override the entire array in order to mutate it. So you would have to know the existing values, or you'd have to do some um, array merge gymnastics to kind of make sure that you don't blow away or completely replace that array with the value. You know, the singular value that you're trying to change. So with the new cast using eloquence custom cast feature, this implements more intelligent management and caching of objects and as array object will cast the underlying JSON string to a PHP array object instance, which this was new information to me. You know, I've been doing PHP for 15, 16 years now and I didn't know about this array object thing, which is which is kind of nice. Me either,
1: yeah. I'm just learning about this too, yeah.
0: And so the class is included in the standard library of PHP and allows an object to behave like an array. And it, Using this approach, it makes it possible to sort of update a nested value within a, a, an array without having to override the whole thing. You can't use array object in functions like array map, but you can cast the array object to an array or a collection using to array or a collect method on that cast object. Um, Interesting. So I've done my best, as, as always, probably fail to <laughs> explain code Uh, There are some good examples that that Taylor put into the pull request um, that he got some consultation from the community about that before getting that merged in. So that was available as of Laravel 8.28. Definitely check out the pull request. It's number 36245. We'll have a link to it in the show notes for details on the implementation. And be be sure to to read over the PR description, which does an excellent job of explaining the current state or the previously current state of casting array data and the benefits of, of the new array object and collection casts. Um, and definitely check out the PHP documentation as well to learn more about the array object, which has been around since PHP 5. So yeah,
1: um, yeah, I it's, it's a,
0: nice.
1: I clicked to find out more about that array object class and we accidentally linked the pull request again on that one. So I'll have to, let's have to look it up. But uh, yeah, <laughs> so to, to clarify just from my own brain, it's the array object is not an array that acts as an object. It's an object that acts as an array, right? Yeah. So yeah. yeah, right. So it's like an object array or it's actually an array. I don't know. Yeah. yeah anyway. It's like
0: the like the string. A stringable is a is an object that behaves right. like a string.
1: That's great. That's a great parallel. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. I, I like that a lot. And um, kind of the points he brings up uh, are finer points of like if you have ever used that before, you may have run into that exact problem. And um, I, we we do that exact thing that he talks about, basically taking a little string and uh, casting it to. Uh, json or an array uh but i've yet to kind of bump into this problem but it's good to know uh it's one of those maybe not even an edge case um but it's um anyway it's a good it's a good observation good thing to know okay i'll move on quit rambling here (laughs) 8.29 so uh, Laravel team released 8.29 with a setup test database callback that is used in parallel testing we also have support for closures and factory sequences, a collect method on the HTTP client response, and lots of other cool changes. So let's talk about the setup test database. Um, so parallel testing has been around uh, for a little bit now, not for too long, but parallel testing, essentially, if you haven't heard of that yet or done that yet, it allows your machine to run multiple, basically, uh, multiple threads of tests at the same time to allow you to execute through your tests faster so some people have reported that while doing this there's no easy way to seed your test databases Uh, so with this pull request people can now seed their test databases like so in your boot method uh, in your app service provider you can say parallel testing colon colon set up test database and then uh, in there you just call artisan call db seed so it's like you have a new macroable Uh, thing for parallel testing almost does that is is that kind of like what it seems like to you michael so it's like Mm -hmm. parallel testing you have a new method called setup test database and now you're just calling db seed in there Uh, and so there's documentation for this uh, under parallel testing hooks in the testing documentation Mm -hmm. but it seems like you could actually even utilize this to do other things that you'd like to be able to accomplish inside parallel testing as well this just happens to be the first one that they've kind of like talked about in the documentation Uh, so this is pretty cool yeah, if you need to be able to seed the database and your par- while you're doing parallel tests, uh, this is the way that you can do that. All right, we also have closures in database factory sequences. So Taylor himself contributed this closure support in factory sequences. The closure is invoked each time the sequence needs a new value. So there's an example that's given here. So uh, now with uh, Laravel, I think was it? I think must have been was it seven or eight? Where instead of doing factory user class, you now do user colon colon, colon factory. Which one was that in Laravel seven? Like the it was.
0: factory class was was brought in in Laravel eight.
1: Okay, maybe it was it. There we go. Uh, I, I get I mix I get mixed up sometimes between Laravel eight and like PHP eight. I forget which one. <laughs> so look, we haven't upgraded the PHP eight yet, but we've I think we're definitely on Laravel eight. So anyway, so here's how this works. So you say user factory count ten uh, state, and then you can introduce this new sequence, and so. In this sequence, now you have this closure and where you can get a random value uh, for a particular user role, for example, and then you can call create. So uh, within that state column where you would normally uh, say, hey, I want a user that is a admin, right? Or I want a user that is an editor or I want a user that is a, I don't know what else, what would you have? moderator, something like that, mm-hmm. you might you might have states set up for each one of those user types maybe in your factory. And you want to be able to grab a different one of those types each time you're calling the user create method, right? That you're using this factory. Well, now you can just introduce the sequence and the sequence is called each time that this factory is uh, spun up. And so it's, it's really, it looks very, very simple once you once you read see the code uh, again, it's kind of like one of those things. I'm trying to explain it as easily as I can. If, once you see the code, it's really really mm-hmm. simple. But you get this, um, you know, you get this little closure that gets called every single time the factory gets called, and so you can provide a new value for, uh, in this example, the state really really simply. So that's pretty cool. Uh, we have this collect method that's been added to the HTTP client response. So Luke Downing contributed a collect method on the http client response and this will retrieve http json responses as a collection so if you saw if you call http get and then you say uh whatever the url is that you're wanting to do and then arrow collect uh, it's basically syntactic sugar for if you were to get the json result of whatever's coming back from that endpoint and then wrapping that with a collect right so instead of uh, you know, getting the JSON and then wrapping it with a collect, you can just now call collect and it will basically grab the JSON and collect it for you into a collection. Uh, so it's a nice little uh, helper there. Uh, so there's a couple other, you know, bug fixes and there's a diff between 8.28 and 8.29 on GitHub. Uh, there's some also some release notes in the show notes here as well if you're interested in checking those out. On to the last release, my friend.
0: The last one is possibly the most exciting one depending on where you sit. The last one is... The next version of Laravel Spark is now available and is one of the most significant updates to Laravel Spark since it has been released. Some of the features some of the key features include paddle support, an isolated billing portal that you can set up from complete scratch in ten minutes and more. So the latest Laravel Spark version provides a turnkey billing portal to handle user subscriptions using your choice of either Stripe or Paddle or even PayPal. Users can fully manage their subscription with options for monthly, annual, and per-seat basis. And since Spark is isolated from the rest of your application, it does not lock in what technologies you use to build your SaaS application itself. Spark being isolated as a billing portal also means upgrades are much simpler since Spark doesn't interfere with your application code. So if you had used Spark in its previous version, it kind of assumed that you were using it as the basis for your entire SaaS application so it gave you scaffolding for your user profile management and things like that so that was kind of pulled out of Spark and released as a standalone thing with Laravel Jetstream um, and with Breeze and then the billing stuff is literally this isolated billing portal which works a lot like um, what Stripe Checkout does for example where it takes you to another page that's that's branded for your application you can put your logo in there and your color scheme and, uh, color scheme and things like that but it's just the billing aspects Developers can now choose from Stripe, which was previously available in the Spark Classic, as well as Paddle. Both options also include support for PayPal as a payment provider, as well. And because Paddle functions as the merchant of record and offers services in virtually every country in the world, Paddle will also handle VAT for you, so you don't have to worry about that if you are serving customers and collecting VAT in European countries. Spark allows your customers to download PDF invoices and it handles emailing your customers monthly or annually their billing reminders and it allows you to set up subscriptions using an easy configuration. Uh, so you just quickly set up the available subscription options and products and plans and things like that in a PHP config file and once you you configure your settings Spark is ready for subscribers via the billing portal. Spark is available for purchase starting at $99 per project and $199 for unlimited projects, meaning you can use Spark on as many SaaS applications as you want for $199. Both prices do include one year of updates, so be sure to check out the licensing on that for details. And if you're ready to get started, you can check out Spark at spark.laravel.com. We'll have links to all of that in the show notes. Um, and if you haven't already seen it, I think we did talk about it in the I previous think we did. episode. Taylor put out a really good video. I think it was about 12 minutes where he goes through basically setting up Spark from a, a completely fresh Laravel application, getting Laravel installed, getting uh, Jetstream up. Uh, well, I think he used Breeze actually, getting Breeze up and running and then adding Spark on top of that and configuring it all. Um, so, you know, get that bit up and running out the way and you can jump straight into building your application itself.
1: Yeah, that video was awesome. It was such good like um, it was totally like how there's this trend with intro music on podcasts like stop doing that just like cut it down real short and just get right to it and taylor did exactly that he's like all right let's jump into it boom and it was like content immediately from the first st- and it's like none of it was really over your head either like all of it's very simple to configure so yeah well done well done taylor and team this this uh, newest version of spark is really awesome uh looking forward to using this on some of our own stuff Okay, on to the news, my friends. We've got Laracon Online 2021 coming to you live on March 17th. No hotels, no airfare. All you have to do is just sign up and then spend the day watching some of the best speakers right from your computer or with a local dev meetup if you're comfortable doing so. So this year's lineup is all about the internals team. And here's the lineup that we've got so far. So diving in, I say so far, this is the final lineup. Diving the queue with (laughs) Mohammed Syed. The final Laravel service container talk with Christoph Rumpel. We've got routing service with Bobby Bauman. Laravel update with Taylor, the man himself. Understanding Laravel broadcasting with Marcel. Understanding foundation, the thing that ties everything together, with Miguel. And then you're going to hit the last name. What is it, Piedrafita?
0: Miguel Piedrafita.
1: Okay, and doing he didn't, small. He things. didn't
0: correct me last time, so either he didn't hear it or yeah. uh, or I got yeah, it perfectly it, right.
1: Either he doesn't care or we actually got it right. Uh, doing small things with Livewire and Alpine with Caleb Porzio, and then Laravel's artisan console component with Nuno Maduro. And Nuno, I think for his talk, a lot of these people are actually doing like live coding and stuff as they as they do, right? They uh, they're masochistic in in that way. They like to really stress <laughs> themselves out about doing code live during talks. But Nuno was like, "Yeah, I'm pretty much going to rewrite uh, the artisan uh, console on on the air there." So. Uh, yeah, if you missed last year's event, you can also watch the Laracon Online 2020 videos to catch a glimpse and kind of catch up on what to expect uh, when you're attending a new, or, or sorry, when you're not attending the Laravel Online event. And so part of the excitement of Laracon is the chance to network and make new connections and all those things, right? And so each year, we also have a dedicated Discord and Discourse chat before, during, and after the event. So you can discuss the talks as they're happening. You can swap any notes that you have, make new friends from around the globe. That's awesome. And as always, of course, swag is a big part of every conference. And so we've arranged some top-notch digital swag for all attendees. So um, you can get uh, things like discounts on Laravel courses or community things that have been going on that maybe you haven't gotten a chance to grab yet. Lots of good stuff. There. So you can get your tickets today. I believe tickets are $30 a piece. And you can get those at, I'm going to hit it up here. It is laricon.net. Yeah. Yeah. Look, really, really looking forward to this. I also want to give a huge shout out to the website, which looks amazing. Really, really huge fan of this. And uh, a team that we got, uh, Canico and Flick Nelson, who developed this site, designed to develop this site. It looks amazing. Incredible! So shout out to this uh, design and development Portuguese co-op. These guys did a great, great job on this. And the basically they took the Laravel logo, and there's like one, two, three, four, five, six. I think six, and there's I think there's two additional. I think there's eight talks, and they kind of got uh, each little square in that in that logo, each little cube inside the logo is a different one of the talks really really creative idea i'm stoked they've got some posters as well as t-shirts and stuff that they're going to be selling with this logo and i can't wait to get my hands on them i'm gonna i'm gonna get one of the black and white one i'm gonna get one of the the crazy wild colored one and put them on my wall at work they it looks so cool so nice job guys way to to go
0: yes 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 absolutely and next up we have laravel sale has added support for choosing which services you'd like installed. So Laravel sale was released a little while ago, and it's a lightweight command line interface for interacting with Laravel's default Docker environment, which um, recently launched a new update that allows you to choose which services should be configured in your project's Docker Compose YAML file. So if you were to do this, you can configure whether the Docker Compose file will include MySQL, PGSQL, Redis, Memcache, Search, Selenium, and MailHog. So to install the, the um, or to get a new application up and running using sale, there is a curl command that you run. It's https colon slash slash Laravel dot build forward slash app name. And then if you pass it the with query parameter, you can specify a comma separated list of these different services that you want included as part of your default stack. So if you're building something lightweight and you don't need MySQL and you don't need Redis, then you can just omit it. Um, but if you want only specific things, like if you need to have Redis, for example, then you can just go question mark with equals Redis, and that will give you some finer grain controls. save you from pulling down a new thing and then going through the Docker Compose file and deleting all the things that you don't need. So if you need more information on this new option, in case I was unclear, and it's quite possible that I was because I just read out a URL over there, you can consult <laughs> the user guide, which we'll have links to in the show notes. Very
1: good. We've got a brand new video series out there by Nuno Maduro uh, that's helping every one of us who are not familiar yet with Laravel Vapor become familiar with it. So Learn Laravel Vapor is a video series by Nuno Maduro and it walks you through everything, including creating an account, deploying your project, choosing a runtime, logging, and more. And for those of you who might not be familiar with Vapor, I know there's a lot of things. I was actually just talking about this with one of my developers the other day. There's a lot of new stuff right there's sail there's breeze there's jet stream there's spark there's what's the what's the one that's like a lightweight api stuff i can't remember the api authentication
0: uh fortify sanctum
1: sanctum right and then fortify yeah. is kind of like behind that so there's just a lot of things right so i don't want to take for granted the mm-hmm. fact that everybody knows what laravel vapor is it's been around for a while but i'm just going to talk about it real quick so it's a serverless deployment platform for laravel powered by aws so that's what this is so if you wanted to deploy your laravel infrastructure uh, on aws serverless this is the way to do it laravel vapor so if you've not heard of that or if you have heard of it and haven't had a chance to jump in or you're already using it but would like to know a little bit more, this is a great video series to do that. So has uh, preparing your local development environment, uh, adding a project, making deployments, choosing your runtimes, getting taking care of your assets, right which is a uh, something that you kind of need to know about when you're in the serverless sort of space attaching your domain, executing artisan commands, logging and debugging, etc, etc. So it's got all of that stuff. Nuno, of course, is an amazing uh, screencaster. He does a really good job explaining things in a very easy to understand way. Um, so you can definitely check this out. And of course, if you don't have a Laravel Vapor account, plans are $39 a month or $399 annually, saving yourself two months worth of costs. So Um, yeah definitely check this out they've also got extensive developer documentation that walks through all the uh, features of vapor in great detail as well taylor uh, and that team always does a great job with the documentation so if uh, reading is more your jam uh, you can check that out as well Hey, wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsors. So Scout APM, as we talked about at the beginning of the show, is an application performance monitoring tool designed to help you as a PHP developer quickly find and fix performance issues without having to deal with the headache of enterprise platforms. Huge, huge, huge enterprise platforms that just take a lot of space and are heavy, right? I feel really heavy. So Scout has a developer-centric UI and tracing logic that ties your source code to the the problem so that you can quickly pinpoint and resolve performance abnormalities like n plus one queries or slow database queries or memory bloat and things like that. So you can spend less time debugging your code and more time building your new features. It's got real time alerting weekly digest emails. So you can rest easy knowing that scouts on watch for you. You can give it a try today for 14 days free and experience why PHP developers are really enjoying scout and using it on their projects. Uh, New startup plan pricing starts at $39 a month. And for Laravel News listeners, Scout will donate $5 to the open source project of your choice when you deploy. You can learn more at scoutapm.com slash Laravel News. Thanks so much, Scout. We appreciate it.
0: In other free video tutorial courses, the Tailwind CSS team have released a new course called Tailwind CSS from Zero to Production. It's a new screencast series that teaches you everything you need to know to get up and running with Tailwind. You need to know to get up and running with Tailwind CSS v2 from scratch. Join instructor Simon Vrashliotis as he takes you through an eight-part series. That walks you through everything from the initial setup process to building out a responsive design with utility classes, to customizing your design system, to optimizing for production with purge CSS. You can watch the entire series on YouTube and grab the source code for each lesson on GitHub. We will have links to all of that in the show notes.
1: So, Simon, is he? I feel like he's like is, he's my boy. He's your boy. So, tell me, is like, is he's not from Australia? Is he? No, he he's like from Sweden or from something, right? The Great, great.
0: No, no, no. He's from the great land of Switzerland.
1: Switzerland. Thank you. I knew it was SW. He's
0: Switzerland. He speaks French and he lives in Sydney. <laughs> okay.
1: See, I knew it was like this mashup yeah. of, of whatever. Wasn't mm-hmm. he, was he at uh, Laracon AU? He spoke at the inaugural Laracon AU. Yeah, on I thought so, right. The company that
0: he was working at at the time, their journey to utility first CSS and he it was fortunate he he got to be there at the same time that, that Steve and Adam were there as yeah, well. Yeah. So they you know, they caught up and they hit it off and, and the opportunity came up. Um, you know, as Tailwind Labs grew to to get him on board and he's been doing a really, really good job of of teaching, of, you know, being the, the community person going yeah. and, and just speaking with different people, getting them up to speed with what Tailwind is and what Utility CSS Utility CSS is, and just just really doing a bang up job with all of all of the content that he's putting out for Tailwind. So kudos to him and, and congrats to to Adam and Steve on on the great hire, man. Join the team,
1: yeah. Seriously, he's done he's done a great job. He does an excellent job with these, and also he does a lot of like code pen stuff too. To be like, hey, did you know you could do this with Tailwind? Right, like it's mm. pretty cool. Um, I'm waiting for his course on uh, jump shots. Have you seen his <laughs> basketball videos? He's oh got a word. he's got a
0: sweet jump shot He's my got gosh. a sweet
1: jumper dude like okay because he did he put one video his son was shooting baskets and I was like, okay wow, well, like his son's pretty good like it was impressive and then I think I don't know I don't know why like what he what the purpose was or kind of what the context was but I just had a video of him shooting jump shots. and he shot like six in a row like three pointers I'm pretty sure just like boom 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 it was incredible I was like, what in the world? So if he uh, if he didn't have a career in here, maybe he would go like semi pro NBA. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. It was fun to watch anyway. So mm. yeah, if they we, if yeah. we ever uh, get a chance to get together again, like um, if Laracon, like actually the real meetup ever happens again, uh, that'd be super cool to get a basketball game together and just get mm. smoked by mm-hmm. Simon. it would be fun. Okay, yeah. moving along. I'll wear along him now. like moving a along. glove.
0: What's that now? I'll wear him like a glove. <laughs> All right, Banking so uh,
1: Laravel Breeze, which we just talked about a little bit ago, which is sort of a um, the auth starter kit uh, for Laravel, uh, now has an Inertia JS option. So you can use this to create a minimal starting point for building Laravel applications with Inertia. So Taylor asked on Twitter um, maybe last week or whenever it was, like, hey, I, I built this. Should I, should I ship it? Should I put this out there? And everybody's like, yes, please do. Uh, And so now all you have to do is PHP Artisan, Breeze, colon, install, dash, dash, Inertia. And that will be enough to get you started. So if you'd like to learn more, I suggest looking at a new level app and installing Breeze. Just, you know, just go start a brand new app, use the Inertia flag, and then try it out, right? It's the easiest way to try this. So pretty cool. Thanks, Taylor, for that. I know for all of us who love Inertia, this is a welcome addition. Really appreciate it.
0: Yeah. LiveWire version 2.4 was just released and added support for a dash dash test option when running the php artisan a livewire colon make command. The new test option, when included, will scaffold a test class for the component in the tests feature livewire directory similar to the php artisan make test command. And this will get you set up with a basic test scaffold that gives you, you know, component equals livewire colon colon test example component and then component so it's status 200. Um, so if you're going through your Laravel projects um, or using the LiveWire on your projects and you're creating a lot of components and a lot of tests, it's just, it's one of those, you know, developer happiness things, developer experience things that, yeah. you know, you're probably going to need a test when you do this. So rather than two separate commands and then scaffolding it all out every time, you can just make your component and tack on the, the test option and, and it'll be there for you ready to go straight away. So. Nice little quality of life improvement for the Livewire users out there.
1: Yeah, it looks like Jason Beggs might have been the actual creator of this one. He says uh, at the bottom of this article that he's been working on a lot of Livewire projects lately, and and uh, he had the idea to create this option in order to save him and some other Livewire users time. So nice job, Jason. That dude's awesome. And we've been using Livewire a lot at work. Actually, I've been really been enjoying it. It took me. It didn't take me much of a push. To get my, like one of my other developers using it. I have, everybody's got that guy on their team that's a little bit like averse to, they, they just know what works, right? They know what works. They know mm-hmm. how their workflow goes. They've got their route, their controller, their job, and they know how to write their test. And it's just, they're just happy doing that. Right. And it's fine.
0: And they don't want life to be easier. Yeah. They want yeah, it to well, just be the same.
1: Well, also just because like every new trend that comes along, sometimes it's not easier. Right. Right. So I pushed him a couple mm-hmm. times on a few things, just like, hey dude, like this is really great. You should try this in LiveWire. Like just take an afternoon and try it in LiveWire and see if you like it any better. Mm-hmm. Just see what it feels like. And so the other day he uh yep. unprompted just made a brand new little thing in LiveWire and just pushed it up like without saying anything. And I was like, Yeah, man, they got it. Like <laughs> he's mm-hmm. on the train now. So he likes it. He likes yeah. it a lot. So it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. A uh an old old colleague of mine was the same. I was out for a run the other week and i get a message from him and he's like so i spent all day on live wire i'm like are you feeling well like he was very <laughs> pro view like he loves view and he every he kept on trying to shim in like he'd bring in giant freaking javascript libraries every time he wanted to show a motor i'm like just use window.confirm we don't need a big pretty you know um sweet load right, here right, just right. use window yeah. no he had to he had to bring in these libraries and all and like and he was very pro Vue. He's like, "Why would you use Livewire? That's you know not nice." It's and, and then yeah, then out of the blue, he's like, "So I was doing all this stuff with Blade components, and then I needed some interactivity, so I thought I would try out Livewire." And I'm like, "Yeah," because if you'd brought in Vue at this point, you'd have to go and rewrite absolutely everything. But you already had the components, and now you just shove them into Livewire, and you're off off to the races.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. I've been really, really been enjoying it. Okay. Onward and upward here. So uh, we had a reader question, which uh, we always love this, right? When people write in or ask a question on Twitter or whatever, we get a chance to talk about this. So Steve McDougal asked a question to Eric on Twitter about our, the Laravel News redesign and the relaunch of Laravel News on Statamic. So his question was, uh, or his statement more was I'd love to read a write-up by someone on the Laravel News team about how they've adapted Statomic, uh, how they've adapted to Statomic. What made them choose a CMS uh, over others? Would be really interested to see how they may have had to adapt and any unforeseen benefits they may have found. So Eric was largely, was solely, I'm pretty sure, the one who made that decision. And uh, so he decided to write this up real quick. So it's this is... Um, It's not super long, so I'll try and kind of read through some of it. Um, He's got some screenshots in here that might make it a little more clear, Uh, but here we go. So Eric said he had his eye on Statomic since it very first launched. Looking at my Statomic purchase history, I've been a customer since version one, but never felt the time was right. Uh, They recently launched version three last year and moved it to a more Laravel package-style setup, so you can add Statomic to an existing Laravel app, which is really nice. So that meant that we could keep a lot of things in the existing uh, secondary code that runs Laravel News. Previously, Laravel News was a WordPress headless sort of app, I believe. And so uh, we would publish the things in WordPress and then we'd use that to kind of pull everything over to a Laravel app and and update our database. It was a little bit of a Frankenstein. Um, So with Statomic, it felt a lot more native, I guess, right? So these are the things uh, like the link section, the automated daily newsletter, the account management. Um, knowing we could keep all of that and then gain a new control panel to write and publish posts was kind of the thing that pushed it over the edge. So another advantage is that Statomic allows you to mix and match with the database and flat files. We already had users in a table. But we had this weird mismatch with our old system where we had article authors in two different systems, uh, our users table and a WordPress site. So Manually syncing those authors made it difficult uh, with guest posts, uh, things like that. So, aside of that, uh, we always wanted the site to utilize the Laravel community as much as possible. And supporting creators that are uh, also our peers was enticing. So, Jack McDade being uh, another Laravel dev that we all know and love. So... Adapting to Statomic then uh, was a learning process, and Eric admits there's still a lot to learn here, Uh, but it's been pretty easy from a day-to-day publishing standpoint. So all the articles on the site are in a single Statomic collection with about 14 different field sets for each post. Michael and myself are actually both also learning Statomic as we speak. We're both kind of like testing the waters, dipping our toes in there. We've got our own projects that we're working on that we're going to be kind of uh, trying Statomic out. So uh, some of this is new to me as well so they basically match what we used in wordpress for the old site uh, so the publishing aspect of things didn't change change very much he talks a little bit about static caching he talks about all the different posts that we have with dozens of categories and tags and the number of static files it generates is, is quite large but it, it's been working really well it, it, we've paired it with static caching so that we have a section of the site that needs fresh data we can use alpine js to grab the data etc etc i i don't want to go through the entire thing i think it would take a little while here to explain everything uh in any case if that's something that you're interested in hearing about and how that whole conversion went i think i've covered most of the high level topics here uh but you can read a little bit more about the finer points if you'd like to in this post it will put that in the show notes uh overall uh quite happy with how things have turned out and uh interested in starting to learn the the process of of switching over or of Statomic, just using Statomic in general myself. It's been a fun process so far.
0: Next up, we have the ability to generate GitHub Actions config for Laravel projects with Gaijin. Gaijin is a GitHub Actions configurator for your Laravel applications. The project features an open source Laravel application that you run locally in order to generate an action.yaml file via a graphical interface. Once you configure the actions you want in your app, you can generate the YAML and copy-paste it directly into your project's actions.yaml file and commit that into GitHub to run your GitHub actions. Some of the things you can configure via the GUI for your projects is to select triggering events whether that be manually or automatically when the developer pushes code on a specific branch or a developer creates a new pull request you can select branches enable caching for your vendors enable caching for php packages select from multiple php versions from 7.3 74 up to 8.0 uh, select multiple laravel versions from 6 through 8 useful if you are developing a laravel package and you want to test with multiple laravel versions you can select the node version for npm uh, caching of node packages, setting up a MySQL service, running migrations, executing tests via PHP unit, doing static um, static code analysis, running code sniffer via PHP CS for PSR 12 compatibility, validating your YAML file and executing browser tests using Laravel Dusk. So I always find myself getting a working YAML config for GitHub Actions and then just finding the one that I did and then copying and pasting it into the next one. So having a ui to just generate a specific thing you know because then otherwise you have to go and remove things if if i've got a github actions configuration for a package which is going to try and test um you know laravel 6 7 and 8 and it's going to try all the supported versions of php and all of that you know you find yourself having to go and get rid of all of that configuration and you forget it and then you know so having something that you can just tick some boxes and say yeah i want it to do this this and this And and it will just spit out a config file that you can add to your project and then push to GitHub is is nice and easy. So this is a project from Roberto Butti. So thank you very much for that, Roberto.
1: Yeah, we actually just shifted. So we've used Travis for forever for our testing. And uh, we just switched over. uh, Mr. Wilbur Powery switched over one of our projects. Actually, it was a new project, so we didn't switch it over. He just started out using uh, GitHub Actions to Mm -hmm. handle our PHP unit stuff. And so uh, we'll probably be using that altogether. It seems like they run a little bit faster, too, actually, than they did on yeah, Travis. You, you've experienced that. the same. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so we've been using this, and uh, we'll probably... No, we, ha- we haven't used this project yet, Gaijin, uh, to do that, but uh, it looks really great. So thank you very much, um, Mr. You said his name a minute ago. Anyway, that guy. Booty. Okay. Hey, speaking of Statomic, we're going to hop back to Statomic land for a minute here. So Rob DeCourt is a freelancer with 15 years of experience in teaching usability design and web development. And this guy is a Statomic user. And so he basically created, when when Statomic 3 came out, he took all the things that he had learned since Statomic version 1 and 2 and rewrote all of that into a big starter kit called Peak. So, Peak is an opinionated starter kit for all of your Statomic sites. And it's really uh, for if you are a developer who is doing a client site and uh, you want to be able to get started with that as quickly as possible. That's what this is for. So uh, a default vanilla static install is awesome, but there's a lot of things that you might want to do in every single client site, such as having like an SEO integration. And so he has that. He has that all figured out and all included in this starter kit. And this is actually what I've used to get started with static as well. So this is exactly where I started was using Peak. Uh, So it's got a full page builder, SEO integration. Uh, It's got Tailwind and Alpine out of the box with Purge CSS working as well. So it's just got a, re- a lot of really good stuff in there. If you're looking to get uh, set up using Statamic to handle a client site, this is a great spot to be. He also takes like some of his hard learned lessons, such as how clients will screw up your your websites that you give them. Right, like ultimately, if you're wanting to use Statamic, it's probably because your client wants to be able to edit or create their own pages. So Statamic has this concept of different templates for your different page types, so you can say create like a different. You know, different template types. you could say like, hey, this is a blog post template page and this is a, um, maybe this mm-hmm. is a, I don't know, a sponsor page or something like that. And you can Standard do that and that's fine. a content page, you know, exactly. two-column layout, all that kind of stuff. Right, but we've all been burned by like, hey, client, like this is the page you should use when you're doing this type of thing. And they don't, they use the wrong page type, right? And or, yeah. like, they or they can't figure paste out- paste
0: something out of Microsoft Word in there. <laughs> yeah,
1: that, that's a good one too. Yeah, that, that happens, right? So, uh, well, you can make different templates for all your page types. The idea here is to make your pages as modular as possible, without giving your customer that much freedom to ruin your design. So every unique element of your website could be a partial, static template part, and now and then a dedicated button in the page builder. So you have, uh, in anyway. That's what that's what I'm talking about when I say he takes some of these hard-learned lessons. His page builder sort of takes that into account, so he doesn't really have this idea of templates, which he just kind of sets to the side as a static uh, sort of thing and says, "Hey, nope, let's just have a page builder that just uses your partials in order to like stack them up as a um, as a bunch of you know rows in a long single column, uh, and then he spaces them all out using Tailwind, which is of course adjustable in your Tailwind stuff. So. Looks really great, works really well, and uh, there is actually a Discord channel out there as well where you can ask questions if you have any questions about this specific uh, starter kit. So like I said, I've been using it, really excited to continue to dig into it, but definitely check that out if, if you're interested in starting on the static train.
0: On the topic of, uh, of scaffolding and themes and things like that, Laravel Thema is a package that adds a multi-theme support for your Laravel applications. It also provides a simple authentication, scaffolding, and presets for Bootstrap, Tailwind, View, and React as a starting point for building a Laravel application. The Laravel themer package, in the author's opinion, Harish Kumar, is a better alternative to the official UI and Breeze packages because of the following features. It contains any number of themes, has fallback theme support such as that you will find in WordPress, which allows creating a child theme to extend from any base theme, it provides authentication scaffolding similar to Laravel UI and Laravel Breeze and exports all of the auth controllers, tests, and others similar to Breeze. It provides front-end presets, as I said, for Bootstrap, Tailwind, Vue 2, Vue 3, and React. If you don't want to use the package's auth scaffolding and instead you want to use Fortify, you can do that using Laravel Thema with Fortify, which is a front-end agnostic authentication package or Laravel, and does not provide views for the front-end presets. So using Fortify for the back end authentication and Thema for your views and presets is a nice little match there. It's a simple composer require a way you can vendor publish some um, assets and then use PHP Artisan make theme in order to get a new theme up and running and it will run you through um, naming the theme, selecting the CSS framework, the JavaScript framework, and publishing the auth scaffolding or not. Uh, use middleware to set themes and provides you a number of theme methods via a theme facade and configuration inside of webpack so this was put together by harish kumar who is a full stack web developer that teaches web development on practical uh, with practical screencast on kira lab Uh, so there is actually a video tutorial as part of the laravel thema package here so you can check that out if that is something of interest to you i know that the Laravel UI and Breeze, and that they're quick scaffolding starting starter points. They are quite opinionated, and in what they you know kind of look and feel like. So, if you want a little bit more control over your own themes, then this may be something that you want to look at. You know, sometimes if you're working at an agency, for example, you you might want to customize the look and feel of these things, you know, per client site. And it might be easier to sort of start from scratch using Fortify and building your own. UI's out, then it would be using the the default stuff that comes with Laravel. So it's a good good option if that's something that you're interested in.
1: So definitely check it out. Absolutely. Last item we have here is a tutorial. And if you visit the new Laravel News website, you'll find in certain spots this animated scrolling card. And it's basically advertising all the different jobs that are available out there on laraveljobs.com. And so it looks really cool. Um, And uh, so somebody... Uh, his name is Chris Sev. He is the author of Beginner Tailwind, which I believe is a course, a paid course. I think so. Let me just double check this. Yeah, it's, it's uh, $40. Bucks. Uh, it's on sale right now for 40 bucks. But he put together a YouTube video on his BetterTev channel that rebuilds the Laravel Jobs scrolling card using Tailwind. I watched this, and Chris does a really great job. Chris is a good teacher, and this is actually the first time I've heard of him, maybe because I'm more like in Laravel land than in Tailwind land, but it's is a really simple method that he uses here and shows the power of Tailwind and how you can really design directly in the browser, so I'm pretty sure he does the whole thing in like a code pen. Mm-hmm. The original uh, on, on our site, on the Laravel News site, was designed and coded by Zangle, and uh, after watching the tutorial, Eric decided to figure out how it's done, and they did it through the Tailwind config.js file. Then they use three different classes. So it's interesting how like we, we all approach these problems in slightly different ways. And you know it's rare that two people will solve the same problem exactly the same way. So it's interesting just to kind of see Eric break it down here on the blog post to say, like, this is how Zangle solved it. And then Chris goes through and shows, like, this is how he solved it. Uh, so... In any case, uh, it it, it was kind of a fun watch. And Eric walks through here as well, just talking about exactly how we built it on our side. And uh, Chris does a great job explaining how you could build it if you wanted to build something like that using Tailwind. Uh, So yeah, overall, really fun watch and fun read both. Hey, everybody, that's it. That's what we've got for our show today. Uh, Mr. Dorinda, any comments before we say goodbye to the people? Nothing to add at this time. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks again, Scout, for sponsoring this episode. Again, you can learn more about them at scoutapm.com slash Laravel News. This was episode 137. If you'd like to find show notes for this episode, you can find them at podcastlaravel newscom slash 137. Of course, we always love to hear from the peoples. So hit us up on Twitter at Michael Dorinda, at Jacob Bennett, or at Laravel News. And if you enjoyed the show, we would really appreciate it if you would rate us up in your podcatcher of choice. Five stars would be amazing all right everybody uh well if you have a hyper child eating you out of house and home like michael does i wish you well and uh if not hey you know consider yourself lucky that you don't have as large of a grocery bill as mr dorinda does and with that (laughs) we'll see you in a fortnight